Welcome back to The Sitch. This is Ambry. And this is Sophia. And today I'm going to be interviewing Soph all about <laughs> body image, eating disorders, childhood trauma, mm-hmm. just kind of her relationship and share her journey with food and fitness. Work. Let's get started. I feel like I've done so many diets that have fucking sucked and just never worked. I also like feel like I have had a lot of different phases with fitness and also food. And we can even touch on kind of like the complexity of like your mindset with food and how we've gotten to a better place with it. And also like your relationship with your body. I feel like as a woman, it's very complex how you feel about your external appearance and your body and especially growing up doing a sport where we're staring at ourselves in the mirror and feeling like we have to criticize ourselves and being criticized. So yeah, I feel like it's led as a dancer being a very interesting relationship with that. Yeah, I'm just going to put a trigger warning disclaimer out for anyone that has body image issues or eating disorders or anything like that. We're going to be talking a lot about Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff today. So if this is not the episode for you, that is okay. just want to give a little bit of a trigger warning for anyone listening. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think, you know, I've struggled a lot with eating disorders. I've had everyone, <laughs> every single one of them, struggle with food. Binge eating was really my worst. Mm-hmm. And I've had a really complicated relationship with food since I was young. And I think with dancers, it's just always an issue. Like I've never met a dancer that doesn't really have any weird issues with food. Mm-hmm. Especially because we're dancing in like tiny clothes and like you don't Mm want to feel like bloated or inflamed and you're just like. And I don't even mean like dancers who are dancing still, like my, you know, bosses who have danced and are retired. And like, like I've seen a lot of it, like just kind of take a mental toll. And I've tried a lot of diets. Like I was put on crazy ass diets as kids. Let's start from like the youngest age you were put on a diet, Mm -hmm. what it was, and kind of trace backwards. Cool. So. I think ever since I was little, food has always been a reward. Like Mm. it was like, if you do good, I'll give you a chocolate. If you do good, you'll get ice cream. If you do good, you'll get a steak dinner. Like Mm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that already like fucked up everything for me as a kid. Cause I always was like, if I did well or if I won a competition, I was like, mommy, where's, where's my ice cream? Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't really a kid that was allowed to have a normal eating like regimen or just like a like you know a normal kid that would go to birthday parties and like eat a cupcake and not have it mm-hmm. be a big deal. So I think the first diet I was ever put on was when I was like 12. Okay. 11 or 12 was like I think when I started like gaining a little bit of weight like getting more like boobs and like booty and like I would say right before I was put into ballet school is when I got bad. Okay. I think when I was 10, my mom was really trying to like give me to have better eating habits because I was only really eating like pasta with butter or like chicken nuggets. And it's like the only thing I would would like. There was like nothing nutritionist in there. So I think when I I was like, yeah, I feel like when I was like 10, she was like trying to start me eating healthier. And then when I started going to ballet school, that fucked everything up, I think. I was put on a 500 calorie diet dancing 55 hours a week. So I was allowed 500 calories a day, which I burned that within like the first hour of dance. Yeah. So yeah. I remember they would like only give you half a protein bar because they were like the full one is like, yeah, way too and many it calories. only could be a quest bar. It couldn't be mm-hmm. anything else because of quote unquote like carbs or whatever net, whatever the fuck it was. I don't know. Like my daily nutrition as a 12 year old girl was egg whites, 
And I think it was like very little. I think if you had two eggs, that was it. Two egg, but only mm-hmm. the egg white, no yolk. Yeah. Half a grapefruit. Then I would have an apple for a snack. Then I would have a uh, steamed chicken. Like when I say steamed, I mean only cooked in water. Like poached, I think, right? Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I don't know. With mushrooms and peppers with only pepper. I was not allowed to have salt. I was not allowed to have any oil. It was only pepper. And it was a cube of food. So it was like, I think like probably like two ounces of chicken and then like four ounces of vegetables. It's like no protein. Like none. And then on top of that, I was allowed to have half protein bar when I got quote unquote hungry. And I was fed B12 supplements underneath my tongue. Anytime I was hungry, I was told to take a B12 supplement at 12. (laughs) At 12. And then for dinner, it was normally like spaghetti squash, which was like an exciting meal for me. (laughs) They're like, you get pasta sauce today. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it would literally just be like ground turkey and like broccoli. I was going to say, I remember the steamed broccoli and like hot tea. Yeah. I was allowed to have a hot tea, but the ballet school like recommended that I was like trying to lose weight. So I was literally drinking only smooth mood, which is like a laxative tea. (laughs) I'm not even kidding you. I was like forced to drink like four cups of smooth mood a day. Oh my god! Where I became like immune to it because I literally just... Like all I was drinking was laxative tea. I was 12. So I was so wild. I was sneaking food a lot. Like, Mm -hmm. um, fuck, if they're listening to this, this, that'd be terrible because I definitely owe them a lot of money. Um, (laughs) But I had the keys to the dance studio and my, my mom didn't live with me when I lived in Arizona. My mom Mm -hmm. lived at home in San Diego. My grandma lived with me and my grandma always hated everything. She just was always like, can she just fucking eat a hamburger? Like, I just don't get it. My grandma was precious. She was the best grandma in the world. We literally not was. Love, she still is alive. We love <laughs> Grandma Barb and we know you're listening. Yeah. G-Mom's the best. Yeah. We both adore you. I actually have a really fun story with G-Mom that is, revolves, revolves around food and it's literally like our favorite memory because it's so funny. Aww. And when my mom found out about it, it was like hysterical. Anyway, <laughs> I had the keys to the dance studio. And so I would go in in the mornings to open up because I opened and closed the studio mm-hmm. every day. I would get there at like 9 a.m. and leave at 10. Wow. And in their office would be like my tutus or their fans. Mm-hmm. But they had vending machines at the ballet studio that had like Kit Kats and cookies and chips or whatever. And I had a blister bag and I used to sneak. So like no one like my mom or grandma or whoever was watching me that day like wouldn't see it. I used to grab the Kit Kats from their box that would go into the vending machine and I would steal four. I'm not kidding. Four. Like four regular side kids, Kit Kat bars. Oh my gosh. Um, and I put them in my blister bag so no one could see them. They're like, why is she not losing weight? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that literally was it. And then this is actually like the worst part. That was like, I would, I was obviously by myself in the studio, but I didn't want like any of the cameras to see the Kit Kats or anything because I remember they would watch them to see what I would eat. That's crazy. Like they would watch the cameras to see what I ate. Mm-hmm. Which I think is, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, it is. And I used to lock myself in the bathroom and I used to eat all four Kit Kats, like oh in one gosh. sitting. Mm-hmm. And I used to take the wrapper into a paper towel and I used to put it in the very bottom of the trash can because I remember like them walking in to see if I was eating in the bathroom. Because I was in the bathroom for like 20 minutes just eating Kit Kats on the floor. <laughs> on the floor, crying. <laughs> um, on the floor, crying. And that's like how I started every single day. So my body, like my blood sugar probably just like spiked because I wasn't eating enough food. Yeah, but your all blood I sugar craved, was like fucking out, like off the chart. Oh yeah. <laughs> but all I craved at that time was sugar. Like it was never like fries or bread. It was always like, I need You were so depleted chocolate. in things. Yeah. And that diet lasted a whole two years and that was brutal. That was really hard. 
before I went to Arizona for ballet school, my my mom had been receiving comments online that my body was changing Mm. and that I was getting fatter. And I think... You're literally like 11. I was 11. That's Um, so insane. And I think my family history, like I don't think that my mom did it in the sense of like she's fat. I think my mom did it because my family history with health is not good. Mm. A lot of my dad's side is extremely overweight and really, really, really unhealthy, like diabetes, heart disease, like everything. So I think it was actually like more of an approach that of that to be like, Mm. let's teach her how to eat healthy. So she knows like not to become that because my eating habits were the same as like my dad's side. Mm. So my mom took me to her trainer who was a nutritionist and the nutritionist like described to me like what food does. Mm -hmm. And like set me up kind of a meal plan, which was a great meal plan, by the way. Like looking back, if it w- if I wasn't 11 years old. Yeah, it would have been beneficial. It was really balanced. Like it was like you can have, you know, like one dark chocolate bar a day and like da, da, da. If, you, if you want sweets, you get to have rice and you get to have mashed potatoes sometimes and like mm-hmm. or like a like a like sweet potatoes or like, you know, like there was actual carbs in there. Like they, yeah. it, they didn't like it wasn't like carbs were scary at the time. Like I was mm-hmm. actually eating. And then when I got to ballet, I, it was quote unquote keto was what I was put on. Because they like very much fear carbs and it's a very mm-hmm. old school mentality yeah. of eating and they think carbs are the devil. Yeah. But really like carbs are your energy source and that's where you actually- You get power from. You get power, you mm-hmm. build muscle. Yeah. And from the like, it fills out your muscle being able to have carbs. Yeah, I know. And so that was really hard. That was when I was around 12, 13. That was that, that diet. The 500 calorie diet was then. And then I was like told to kind of like, we talked about this in another episode, like briefly, but it was like kind of in a jokey manner. I was told to chew and spit my food. So if I wanted something bad, like if I wanted a cookie, mm-hmm. then just chew it and then spit it out. It's crazy. And that was something that I followed for a minute, but with every kind of food. Was it also encouraged to like puke up your food? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I tried so many times. I really did. Pull trig. Yeah, I really tried. Um, And I don't think that I was strong enough. I think I tried probably consistently like every day for two months and I just could not force myself to do it. Like I would literally sit at the bathroom and just blow my eyes out. Yeah, I've never been able to. No, (laughs) we definitely have tried. Um, I think that was like a a thing. I just We're going to be honest. Yeah, maybe I I didn't have a gag reflex. (laughs) But um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, But yeah, that was like a really sad time, I think. Um, And then, you know, it was like, it was like always joked. Like, you know, if you're not going to throw up your food, like just have a fucking cigarette. I was 12. I was 12 and 13. Like that was, and that was said to me a lot. You know, like, because about like, ballet culture like people smoke all the time because that's like it literally just destroys your appetite yeah and that was before vaping was like a thing now do you think they vape a lot of them yeah 100% I think they vape but also cigarettes hit different than vape apparently I don't know also like the cigarettes just like are classier like in the they are classier I just like have visual memories of our ballet teachers just like smoking cigarettes it was smoking coffee and chocolate that's all we ate yum and I'm it was so gross. Their smell was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, honestly. That, like that stench just to like Ugh. enforce my brain. And then after that, I quit dance when I was 14 for three years and I had gained 60 pounds in four months. You were only 14? Yeah. Wow. For some reason you felt older to me. Mm, yeah. It's when I moved to Toronto and then I moved back to Arizona and then that the big altercation happened there. Okay. And then I moved home the, night, the day after that altercation. Mm. 
which we spoke about briefly in a past episode of like what exactly happened. But um, anyways, there's a lot more I could go in depth of, of like of what I was sneaking food and like what kind of diets I was put on and like all this kind of sh- crazy shit. I feel like it's like so intriguing because it is such an extreme way that you were raised with that. Mm-hmm. Like I've never heard and seen anything like that. No, I know. Especially like the lock on the pantry to me will always stand out as like oh, yeah. the most just like it's so symbolic of like the fucked up shit you've had to go through with it yeah I had an alarm on my pantry (laughs) from age 11 and and it was it ran until I was like age 16 no 15 and then by 16 I think they just all gave up because I wasn't dancing and I was already like it was too far gone my mom never took off the alarm though until like recently <laughs> because my mom after this whole thing, just so you guys can understand, because my mom's not the villain in this story at all. Um, no, I think if anything, she honestly did it from such a loving place. She did just, she didn't know information whatsoever. She just did whatever no. the ballet people told her to. Also, so you like were not a normal kid. You were mm-hmm. a prodigy mm-hmm. and it's no different than how celebrities are. It's yeah. like, you are like, training for something that is on a different level and caliber of a normal kid your age. I've never met another kid that had my life. I've like never, not in dance, nothing. Like I don't think that anyone will ever compare to my training schedule. Mm -mm. And I don't mean that in like a flexi way, but like the way that I trained. You're like, actually, I pray they don't. (laughs) I really do. I really, I really, no one should ever have my schedule. But um, my mom, after I quit dance, got her nutrition's license, like went to school and got her nutrition's Mm -hmm. license and then became a professional bodybuilder. And I think, that really solidified things for me because I was like, whoa, it's not me. This is just the way that that she is with herself. Like my mom's mm-hmm. super disciplined. Yeah. And then we kind of had like a really big come to Jesus moment with me and her because like we weren't good for a really long time. And I think when she got her nutrition's license, she like learned all about food and she was like, what the fuck did I let my daughter? Like, yeah. like you know, like I think that she had that like realization of like, holy shit, like she really was starving. She felt bad. Yeah, she felt like, I think that that guilt will always kind of follow with her. And we're like best friends now. Like we really have made a full 180. Like it's amazing how much progress my mom and I have made. So I just like, I want to preface this with like, she is not the villain in the story. No. She simply did whatever she was told. And also she couldn't be there. Like she wasn't living with me in Arizona. It also you know? was in a place of wanting the best for you. Yeah. Like it was that a- is something your mom has always... And I want that to always be clear yeah. in, in your stories. Yeah. It's like everything and from an outsider seeing this at a young age, yeah. like she has truly always just wanted what is the best for you yeah. and wanted to be your biggest cheerleader and help you achieve your goals. Yes. The way, way we possible. the way we went about it was wrong, but we didn't know any better. No. And I you? and I know that now, you know? And yeah. so I think it was a really hard thing. And I think when you hear like, you know, child prodigy story, like mm-hmm. stories like that are very similar to mine they don't realize that. Like I knew that from the, mm-hmm. the start. So it made it, our relationship really hard because I was like, you're just supposed to be my mom. Yeah. You know? And, and it is easy for outsiders to criticize and villainize the parent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, she's never gone, like no one's ever gone through that. Like how, no. like I cannot imagine. And my mom never had the resources that, you know, we were privileged. Like my mom grew up very poor. And I think that she just wanted to make the best life for her kids ever. And then she saw that her daughter had all this talent. Like, how could she not make her daughter like, you know, the best? And I think that that like in her mind, that's what she was doing. And you wanted it too. And I did. Yeah. And then, and when I didn't, you know, it took her a minute to understand what I was like, what I was saying. But once she did, she 
fucking pulled me out. Yeah. Like I think when she realized the severeness of what was going on, she mm-hmm. was like, oh fuck, this is too far. Yeah. So I just want to make that clear to anyone because I I really love my mom and I and she's it's the best. I just want to make that clear to everyone because I don't like if anyone ever tried to say anything bad about my mom, I'll shut that shit down quick. Yeah. As you should. She devoted your life to helping. Literally Ugh. gave up her her entire twenties and thirties for me. Yeah. Yeah. So just for anyone listening, like I just that needs to be clear. Mm-hmm. But moving on from there, when I when I quit dance, I gave up on everything, gave up on life, gave up on like I was really just in a really bad mental place. And I've already said this in the, like, I think our first or second episode, but I was in I was in a really bad headspace to the point like where if I stayed at ballet school, I, I, I don't think I would be alive today. And I mean that. Like I had already searched my options, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I kind of was in intensive therapy when I got home after filming the movie. I moved home and I just ate everything in sight. Like it was, if I was full, I didn't care. And, you know, I could, it was the first time I had freedom of like what I was putting in my mouth. Mm -hmm. But that didn't happen right away. So like when I moved home from Toronto slash Arizona, because I went to film the movie in Toronto for a few months and then moved back to Arizona. And then quickly after I moved home from Arizona, I moved back home, home, home to San Diego. And my mom put me into another ballet school. And everything that had happened to me at my other ballet school happened again. Wow. In the sense of like how I was talked to, how I was looked at, referred to as a fat ballerina. Like there's just a lot of things. And I never wanted to be a ballerina ever. I wanted to get into a contemporary ballet company. And I don't know where we got lost that I was going to be like the next like you know, Misty Copeland or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck, you know, uh, I don't know where that, I just don't know where that got lost in translation, mm-hmm. um, but it, it did. And it went too far. And my eating habits got even worse. Like I was stealing out of gas stations. Like I used to steal protein bars. I elevated up from candy, but I used That's to steal good. protein bars from gas station and like put them underneath my shirt. And like, I almost got caught once and I'm surprised I never got like arrested. <sighs> I was stealing food anywhere I could. It was more than anything sad. Yeah, probably. But I was just like, like thinking back to it is like really terrible. And like I used to have my friends like bring me food. And then it was like that my friends would get in trouble for feeding me. Like it was bad. It was was really bad. It got to a point where it was like, this girl needs help. Mm -hmm. So when I officially, officially quit dance for a minute, I ate everything. I gained 60 pounds in four months. 60 pounds. Also your body from starving for that long really like will hold on to everything mm-hmm. because it doesn't know the next time it's and I had eat. just gotten my period too so my hormones were all out of whack too yeah yeah you also by starving yourself during those years of puberty you are depleting yourself of the things that are going to nourish and help your hormones balance mm-hmm. so like you said your hormones were so out of whack not only from starting to like enter that phase as Mm -hmm. a woman, Mm -hmm. but also because of the habits and the training schedule you had, Mm -hmm. it was wreaking havoc on your whole body. For sure. But I went from like 97 pounds because I had to be under 100 pounds at all times during our ballet school experience Mm -hmm. to be lifted overhead by the boys. (laughs) It's another thing. And then into like 155 pounds within four months. So just think about that. My boobs went from a size A to a size triple D. It's crazy. Stretch marks everywhere. Like couldn't fit in any of my clothes. Like I didn't know what was going on. And I hid it very well in the sense of like how I dressed. But also like I was facetuning the fuck out of everything. Mm-hmm. And like I've had a lot of facetune fails and been called out for it. <laughs> so we've come far. Um, Growth. 
yeah. And so then um, I didn't really have a diet, if that makes sense. Like I wasn't falling into the trends. And then my mom started professional bodybuilding and I really wanted to lose weight. And I think I didn't want to lose weight till I was about 17. Mm -hmm. So that lasted, I turned 15 when I came home. So that lasted from 15 to 16 to almost technically 17. I didn't start losing weight till like right before I started dating my current boyfriend, which was 2020. So I think when I wanted to lose weight, I did it the wrong way again, of course. Mm -hmm. I did it where um, I was on keto again, which Mm -hmm. is so not substantial for me. I'm not a fan of keto. No. At all. No. But my mom was doing keto for bodybuilding because that's like the best way to lose like body fat or whatever. So they thought. So they thought. Yeah. (laughs) But like, I don't really understand it. My mom was doing it for her bodybuilding competitions, Mm -hmm. you know, and she won her pro card. So whatever. Whatever it needed to do for her, it worked. Yeah. Not for me. Like it made my body send to a spiral. I was raw vegan for two months. Oh my God. Thinking that veganism was going to like help. That was back in 2017. I was vegan for like four years. I know. We'll we'll get to that. Yeah. And raw vegan was just so fucking difficult. Like raw Mm -hmm. vegan. I couldn't go vegan. It was raw vegan. Um, Because people had read that it was like supposed to be like holistic and like it could like naturally heal you from the inside out and whatever. And like it was supposed to be like for your gut and like to, no, it just fucked me up even more. Like my mm-hmm. body doesn't process sugar very well. Never has. And so that all those Kit Kat bars. Yeah. All the Kit Kat bars. Yeah. No, <laughs> no wonder why I'm pre-diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, that fucking sucks. So I was like raw vegan. I did keto. I did everything. And then I got into the space and this is like where I still struggle today a little bit where I just eat one fucking thing and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I like, I and the one thing I'll eat is way too much food and then I'm done. Like I will literally, I could literally go all day without eating. Yeah, I don't know how you do that. I get so shaky. Yeah, I could go all day without eating. It could be like seven o'clock and I'll be like, fuck, I didn't eat today. And then I'll eat one meal and then that's it. And, I, <laughs> and that was like what I was doing though, but like on purpose. Mm. Now, because I've healed from my eating disorders, I don't think about food like at those years, like from like the moment I was like 11 to, you know, 18 mm-hmm. food was my every thought. Yeah. When am I going to eat? What I, like, you know, what wh- do I get to eat? Next? Yeah. 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 And like the calories, the into like, like everything, like mm-hmm. it was just really, really bad for a really long time. And it wasn't a reward anymore, if that makes sense. Like I wasn't performing. So I, you know, like it was just, it's just weird. Like the way I saw food was really strange. So it I was think in a, you have to earn it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what it was like when Mm -hmm. I was in ballet school. It was like, well, if you do good, you get a dark chocolate bar today, Mm. you know? Um, And so that sucked. That was really hard for a long time. And then I think now I just don't think about food, like, which is fantastic. Like, it it really is nice. Like, now food Mm -hmm. is just, like, there to, like, provide me nutrients. But it's not, like, an obsessive thought. Mm. But sometimes I just get so busy that I just forget to eat now. And it's not intentional. I just mm-hmm. don't think about food. And so it does not until I don't feel good where I'm like, oh, fuck, I forgot to eat. Mm-hmm. But it's not because I'm like intentionally doing it, but I've done it before where it's like, I can't eat until da 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 da. But I, um, in the past months, I've had some like really big health issues. So I've learned how to eat like little bits throughout the day. And I'm not a huge snacker. So like, I'm not anymore. I used to be. All I used to do is eat snacks. Um, mm-hmm. Now I just kind of eat like three meals and that's it. But at least I'm eating three meals because that's a big deal for me. As far as workouts, like it was <laughs> fucking insane. 
Yeah, your training schedule was crazy. I mean, like on top of 55 hours a week, I was, you know, being forced to swim. I remember um, the swimming. Yeah, I was forced yeah, to like swim. We wake Sophia up. We'd have her swim. We have her she run. Stretch. Yeah, it was intense. I'd wake up. I would swim 30 laps in the pool. Then I would have to like get dried off, whatever. And then I would have to put on my trash bags. Like, you know, like the ballet trash bags, I'll pants. never forget the trash bag shorts. All I used to do, but the pants though. Oh, I remember the pants too. Yeah. I used to live in the pants and then the hoodie. And I used to have to be, I was forced to like run like, I think one to two miles. I can't remember how many it was in the trash bags to sweat off everything. And then I got ready Then I had an hour and a half stretch routine, which were like included like abs and more cardio. So everything I was doing was cardio. Mm-hmm. And then I would go to dance for, you know, 10 hours a day. Yeah. So like if I had to be at dance at 9 a.m., I was being woken up at like 5.30 a.m. Yeah, wow. To get there because the, the routine was so long. And that was that was the life. Like on convention days, I would have to stretch for an hour before I went downstairs. So if... Like when I became an assistant, mm-hmm. we started our days at 7 a.m. I could be downstairs at 7 because the show started at 7.30. Wow. So I was waking up at like 4.45. <laughs> no um, sleep, no food, nothing. Club, no, the best. Club, yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. yeah, I know. And that was that schedule. And then I started doing like Pilates privates on top of that. And then I started doing Soul Cycle. And then it just it just progressively became like more and more. And then when I was trying to lose weight, I did a lot of, like when I was older and I was trying to shed the weight that I just, I just was never confident about Mm -hmm. myself in that sense. I was really disappointed in myself for letting it get that far, I think. I did a lot of hot yoga. Hot yoga is amazing. Yeah. And I did a lot of soul cycle. I will never forget your soul cycle era. I love soul cycle. I really do. I still do. (laughs) I love it. But, um... I was really obsessed with SoulCycle. I used to go like three times a day. I used to do like two classes back to back. And then if my favorite teacher was teaching at night one, I would possibly go back. That is so wild. I hate SoulCycle to be honest I with took Amber once and she fucking hated it. It was so funny. I will always go with you because like I'll, we'll have yeah, fun. We'll and, have fun. But if it's a good teacher and good music, but I really don't enjoy it and would never go funny. by myself. Yeah. No, I used to go like, I used to go to like the 6 a.m. classes. I know. And I lived 45 minutes away from SoulCycle. <laughs> That's dedication. I know. But um. Yeah, that was like my journey with workouts. And, you know, cardio is not everything. Like, I think I just was trained from a young age that like, if you want to lose weight, you have to do cardio. Mm -hmm. I fucking hate cardio. I really don't. I don't enjoy it. You will never see me running. I don't like like, running. I like cycling. I like rowing. The elliptical is fine. I'm into the Stairmaster right now. I can't do the Stairmaster because I trip all the time. (laughs) Um... (laughs) And so, yeah, I think that was like a fad that I definitely followed. Like Mm -hmm. it was like the no carb cardio diet. (laughs) Like that was my life. Very old school mentality. Very. Yeah. I had this trainer in in ballet school too, because it was like next door. Do you remember remember her? Mm -mm. She was like 80 years old, Loki. But she like trained all the ballerinas and she did some whack ass shit with me. Like the craziest workouts I've ever seen in my whole life. (laughs) I was doing like gerotonics for a minute, which I do recommend if you're doing ballet because it's great for turnout. But I was just doing a lot on top of dance. So by the time I would get to dance, the fact that I wasn't toast is insane. Also, like, did you ever go to school? No. <laughs> no, I didn't. No time for school in there. Literally none. They, I would have like on the weekends, I would have uh, my tutor because when I was living in San Diego, I saw my tutor every morning. Wow. But then when I moved to Arizona, all of it was over FaceTime. It was interesting. So like that would be like Saturday, Sundays when I would do my tutoring. That was the only days I did school. And again, like I don't, like I, my parents wanted me to excel in school and I always got good grades. I was a really smart kid. 
I just didn't have time for it. And everyone knew I didn't have time for it because the priority was always dance. Mm -hmm. And I think my parents always just were like, well, it's fine. Like we all know that she's guaranteed if she's going to go to college, she's going to go to Juilliard on a scholarship. Yeah. Like we're not always just dance. There was never even a thought. There was no thought of me ever not being a dancer. Mm -hmm. So when I quit dance, um, I went to high school. And I was super, super into school for a minute. Like I graduated high school at 16, went to college, became, you know, was going to get my psych degree and wanted to become a sports psychologist. That was still the goal at some point. Like, you know, was a, had like a 4.5 GPA. Like I was, I was really, really, really smart as soon as they gave me a chance to be in school, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Because there was a time there where I was really street smart and I could hold a conversation with you really well about travel and about dance. Anything else was kind of like talking to a (laughs) board. And I felt really dumb for a long time. But that's not on the point of workouts and food. But yeah, that was a lot. (laughs) What would you say now? First of all, like I feel like that was really vulnerable of you to share (laughs) all of that. Like, no, it's not probably just because I'm speaking to you though. And like, you've kind of heard this and I'm probably gonna listen back later and be like horrified, but it's fine. I'm good. (gasps) Horrified looks from... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm really into the new Taylor Swift album. Lighthearted note. But it's true though. I feel like we get really deep on the podcast and sometimes I listen back and sometimes I listen back and I'm like, holy fuck. Like, I can't believe I just shared that. Yeah. Like second episode, I was terrified. But I think it's really strong of you. And if any other women out there are dealing with anything around body image and an unhealthy relationship with food. It's really inspiring to hear how far you've come. Thanks. And to hear how you've grown and evolved as a woman. And yeah. And like, again, like I teach kids, you know, and I I teach kids because I see this happen all the time. And I'm just so, I want to be an advocate to like look at those kids that are going through what I went through and then help them and fix it. Yeah. I don't want any kid going through what my mom and I went through. They don't deserve that. And I would never wish my childhood on anyone. And so I think by sharing this, it is really scary for me just because I don't want people to villainize certain people that don't need to be villainized. Yeah. But I also know that it'll help more than the hurt. Yeah. And I'm proud of you as your friend for you sharing that because it really, it does help. And I love when I see messages about this, that girls are like, wow, like, I didn't know you were going through that and all of this stuff. And especially seeing... The comments people have said to you mm-hmm. or what, especially during those ages, because I knew you during that whole time when you did go through that fluctuation. Yeah. And that broke my heart as a friend to see, but to see you come on the other side and be so much stronger mm-hmm. and kind of take your power back within that yeah. is so beautiful. Thank you. I think it just has been like a really hard the pivotal years as a teenager mm-hmm. were super rough for me and they had moments of lightness, but like, I don't really look back to my childhood and think good things like it, it yeah. which is so interesting because like, if you look at it from a career standpoint, I was on top of the world. Like no dancer really ever had it, the career that I had in the sense of like, I had every dance job I've ever wanted. I got offered everything, Broadway, mm-hmm. you name it. Like, and I turned down a lot of things that I wish I didn't because of my body is- image issues. Like I got offered a very big job, I think when I was 18 and I turned it down because I was worried about the costume. And now that I'm, you know, two years later, looking back almost three years later, it is my dream job. And so I can't, like, I can't believe that I was like, so just like still in that mentality of like, what costume are they going to put me in? 
I remember when I was like 11 or 12. No, I want to say 12. 12, I started like growing boobs, I guess you could say. And I remember like the entirety of the comment section was like, she has a woman body now. She's, or she looks fluffier. Like that was a comment I got a lot was she looks fluffier. And when I, that was when I was 12. Um, and yeah, that, that was hard. And then like when I went into ballet, it was like, huh, I've never seen a fat ballerina. Or like it's, or they would do like a backhanded compliment where it'd be like, oh, oh my God, I've never seen a ballerina with her body type. So great. Like those comments don't help. No. Like even now I get those comments on Instagram still. Why don't we have those words hidden? I do. I, I, I made it. But like there was a time um, I posted like this, like we used part of the video in one of our promos, but there was a video I posted and I was in biker shorts and a crop top and I've never like I never wear biker shorts and a crop yeah. top to dance in. I never wear shorts to dance in. I only ever wear pants mm-hmm. because of cellulite. I can't stand it. And like those are also mind fucks from yeah. people's comments. But I wore it once and I started filming videos and I remember it was like, you're chunkier now, but it still looks fine when you lift your leg. And I was like, okay. Or it was like, oh, such a beautiful body. Not really for a dancer, but that's cool. So like, fun. you know, like there's just so many comments like that that I get. And like, I am curvier. I have boobs. I have ass. But I love my body. Yeah. In the sense of I like... I don't know if I love it as a dancer body. Like I still like in a dancer's situation, I have a really hard time with it. Like looking in a mirror and like being around girls who are sticks mm-hmm. all the times really sucks. Or feeling like I won't get books for something because I have stretch marks or because I have bigger legs or because I, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But like, if we're talking like outside of a dance area, like I love my body just as like a normal body. Yeah, <laughs> It's just the mindset of a dancer that fucks everything up. So that's where it gets really confusing. And so I always mm-hmm. feel like I have like two identities when it comes to body image. That's a really um, interesting perspective on it. Yeah. And like social media, like I, I even got a DM the other day and I don't really read my DMs very often because it's so cluttered in there. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to find something. I think like a company reached out for like a brand deal. So I was like trying to accept it. And I got a comment being like, wow, I haven't seen you since 2018 when you were fat. And I just think it's so crazy how much weight you've lost. And, you know, you should be really proud of yourself for losing all that weight. And I was like, there's just such a way to handle that. That's a little bit more gentle. You just, my opinion is you never need to comment on someone's body. Mm-hmm. In person or in online. Because you never know what they're actually going through mm-hmm. to get, to lose that weight. Like I've had mm-hmm. friends that have lost weight because of actual medical issues yeah. and people comment on it and they're like, I'm fucking struggling. Like well, I am. Yeah. People have been commenting to me on my body, not like online, yeah. but just for friends in the yeah. past like four months about my body. Yeah. And I've gone through a little bit of weird stuff with medical stuff recently, um, just with like my glucose levels and pre-diabetes and like there's like hormone issues. Like mm-hmm. I have a really big hormone imbalance right now. So I've been going through hormone therapy and like all this kind of stuff. And my body is changing and I rapidly lost weight. Mm-hmm. And it bothers me because like I'm not, it wasn't intentional. And I liked the way I looked before. I'm Yes, am I super glad that it's coming at summer where I can like feel confident in a bikini? Sure. But then I'm hearing people be like, you're losing weight really quickly. And like, they don't say it and like a, you look great. Are you doing okay? Yeah. Or like, no, no one asks if like you're actually okay. <laughs> no, but it was also weird. Like uh, some of my bosses came up to me recently and I say bosses because it was multiple of them mm-hmm. being like, Hey, 
are you eating? Do you, is your eating disorder back? And I was like, that's so weird. I just lost weight, but like, thank you so much. Like I'm doing okay. Which I think it stems out of place of love. But when someone has an eating disorder like that, you know about, and that they've Mm -hmm. like, and they've had eating disorders from the past, bringing that back up when they lose weight, isn't great. Like, I think instead of just like, just not acknowledging it is better or just being like, like as a friend, like mm-hmm. if, if they were like really worried about me, a better way for that, like for someone to handle that, I feel like would be to come up to me and be like, Hey, are you okay? How are you? Doing? How are you doing? Yeah. Are you okay? And if I say, yeah, why? Then you could be like, well, you've lost a lot of weight and you look phenomenal. If you feel great, like just disregard this, but I just want to make sure that you're okay. Mm-hmm. That'd be a way better way of putting it. Like I don't. But like even like my students, like I, I see my students struggle with eating a lot, mm-hmm. particularly one and and I have one student in mind and I'm very close to the student and they just don't eat <laughs> like sad. at all. And I don't think that they think that they have a problem and food is fuel. And so I've been trying to teach my students like, hey, listen, like take it from me. You need to eat. Mm-hmm. but I'm trying to do it in a very sensitive way where it's not like me talking about food with the kids. It's more yeah. like me encouraging them to have healthy habits because I never ever want to like talk about eating disorders with my kids if they don't, like if we don't need to talk about that. Yeah, it's just heavy for no reason. But also like if I'm genuinely concerned about a kid, I'm never going to do it in front of people. Like I'm always going to, like if it's a small kid, I might go to the parent. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's like a really young kid, like I have a kid that's like, uh, I want to say like 12 and like does not eat and I'm like and she comes in sometimes like shaking or like not being able to do her solo full out you know (laughs) not being able to do her solo full out and I'm like what did like did you eat today yeah like I bring protein bars in my bag because sometimes I have to get them to my students and it's because we have this like cycle of like dancers don't eat dancers have to be skinny Mm, um and so I'm trying to break that barrier for my kids at least Mm -hmm. because I know when they hear this stuff too they're like oh well Miss Sophia did it like sometimes that's how she got to her yes peak but like yeah. And so that that's scary. So that's why like yeah. that conversation is always sometimes had with my kids where I'm like, listen, don't make the same mistakes I did. Just mm-hmm. don't. But I think I learned a lot. And I think I will be, I think I'm a better teacher because of it. I think I'm a better friend because of it. I mm-hmm. think I'm a better daughter because of it as well. Like I think I, I learned so much about how to handle food I learned how to nourish my body but like right now what I'm doing is just doing what's best for me if I want to eat a fucking cheeseburger I'm gonna eat it if I want ice cream I'll eat it but everything in moderation like I'm not binge eating it and I'm not eating it every single day of my life but I'm also not saying no yeah and that's sparked for me and I'm happier and I don't think about food and it's not it's not a fucked up pattern so I think for me like that's where I'm at which is great but I always just want to be careful like I want to set a good example for my kids and sometimes that's really hard it is hard and I keep saying my kids I don't have kids of my own I'm 20 Um, (laughs) but like my students I think it's important to have a good a role model for them to look up to because the dance world doesn't really have that much and like you know we're still (laughs) we're still going to conventions with teachers that will be like I can see your lunch tiger tummy in Mm -hmm. Those those words hurt. Like they don't seem like harmful words, mm-hmm. you know, at all. They do though, but they are. And like even calling like you know a girl the chunkier girl, like oh, do you remember the chunkier girl? She was really good. Yeah. Do you remember the bulkier girl, the muscular girl? Like those things, labeling 
those things in dance sucks. Like I was the fat ballerina. I was labeled as a fat ballerina. So like, let's get rid of that. Why can't we just fucking call me Sophia? I think it is really something that I've noticed being around women is how much we criticize other people's appearance and bodies. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's not a good look for anyone. I don't think it is productive for our self-confidence or like it's not kind to other people. It doesn't create a positive like self-love and thought process by criticizing and picking apart other people's flaws. For sure. And like, you know, even like dangerous talks of like friends being like, I, God, I can't eat for the next month. Like I catch myself doing that sometimes where I'll joke about it. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I'm totally joking, but I forget that it's harmful. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I ate a cookie today. I can't eat for a month. <laughs> like sometimes <laughs> We're not I perfect. joke about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm not perfect. I'm still learning. And our relationship with all of this, our body, our food, our mindset is all evolving and constantly progressing. Yeah. But yeah, I think that like my childhood shaped me into who I am today, but I just want to be better. Like I want to be better for my students. I want to be better for my potential kids. I want to be better for my mom. I want to be better. You know, like I want to be in a good headspace and in a healthy mindset with a healthy like relationship with food. So that way it doesn't deteriorate anything. Like I want nothing to do with my eating disorders. Like my eating disorders don't identify me. And I don't want my eating disorder to become my personality. And like, that was like the whole thing. It was like, when you thought of me, you thought of, oh, she can't eat this or she can't eat that or she has issues doing this, this and that. Like, I want my talent to stand alone and I don't want it to be like, oh my God, Sophia, did you hear that she had an eating disorder? (laughs) Like, you guys can talk about it, whatever. Like, I don't give a fuck, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't define me. Like that, I've healed from this and I moved past it and I want to be better, but I don't want this to become everything that, is ever thought about when you think of me, like my, my work should stand alone. And I think that was the issue when I was younger. So people that knew me knew that I was struggling with something and then it became that. And that was like the excuse for everything. And I was like, that just sucks. This was beautiful. Sorry guys. This was like really a lot. Um, (laughs) We just got deep. We got really deep. But I will say that next episode that we'll talk, I want to hear about Ambry's like stuff because Amber's gone through it as well with like health issues and workouts and she's gone into fitness and the food and everything she really knows so much so I'm excited for you guys to hear Amber's side but anyway sorry to cut you off oh you're good no yeah next episode we can pick my brain about all of that yeah Yeah. I think that's it for this episode but thanks so much for listening (laughs) we love you yeah goodbye (laughs) enjoy (laughs) enjoy